was talking to someone recently about all the distractions that email can cause and how we can often use email to get that feel-good dopamine hit of newness or the ego stroke of, I'm important, I have something to offer, I solve other people's problems. So the reason I've titled this email is overrated is I really do believe that living in our inboxes is overrated and often unnecessary. So my favorite trick with email is to put my email client in an offline mode for as long as I can get away with. What this means, if you're not familiar with the concept, is pretend you would be in a place where you'll have no internet access and you still want access to the emails that you've already received. You won't be able to send any new ones, but you can at least uh, you know, compo- compose replies, delete, and kind of manage your inbox, but you're not connected to the internet. What I like about this approach is it creates some semblance of control. There's not more stuff flowing in as you're trying to drain the stuff and get rid of the stuff that you already have. The only problem with this approach that I found is if you want to send, so in other words, say you're sitting on an airplane um, or actually say you're sitting in your office and you've been in offline mode for 30 minutes or an hour, I challenge you to try it. I promise you the world will not end. And if something super, 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 super critical comes in, you'll like people will find you in some other way. Uh, if there is that one email that you didn't respond to that, you know, you needed to. So where I was going with this is, yes, you're in an office, you have access to the internet. Say you've, you know, gone through your inbox and you've mowed down that list and you need to send some email. My experience with at least Thunderbird, that's the email client I use. You have to do a send and receive, you have to do a send and a send is accompanied by a receive. So when you do that send, you're potentially going to, you know, see more new messages. Also around this idea, I have disabled all notifications. Uh, you know, that horrible pop-up that says you've got new mail or whatever it is. I don't want to know. I've also set the the checking interval to some larger number than every five minutes. Um, I think sometimes I've set it to never, and that requires me to, you know, click the button to see if there's new mail and being the trained monkey that I am and hoping that there's some delicious snack when I click that button. Uh, Yeah, I don't need any help checking for new messages. So also on weekends, I've also disabled the email accounts on my phone. So when I just out of habit, you know, click on the little email app to see what emails I got, there's nothing there. And it's a reminder of, oh yeah, I turned it off. I don't need to know. I don't want to know for right now. So I guess what I'm advocating overall here is, a more conscious, uh, you be in charge approach when it comes to your email. So I've always dreamed of being one of these people, you know, you read about on uh, Lifehack or whatever these other news sites, you know, where you check your email two times a day, once at 10 o'clock and once at four o'clock. And 
that's how you manage your life and everything's awesome. Or maybe that's from the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Who knows? Anyway, I've always thought that would be great. I've never gotten to it, particularly in a corporate environment. So what I'm advocating here is moving in the direction of less, but not believing that you can have this perfect email nirvana experience. So here are some of my ideas around that and some other things that came up through different conversations and interactions with people and just kind of my own experience. So some questions you might be asking yourself here are, what are all the things I can do to minimize the automated dopamine hits? What notifications can I turn off? What can I do to make it harder to receive new messages instantly? And I would challenge you that for the next week, keep track of the number of times that you received an email that if you did not respond to instantly, it would have put someone else's rating of how well you do your job in jeopardy. My hunch is I'm willing to bet potentially never. Now, I know know there's exceptions to all these (laughs) rules. I realize that some work cultures, uh, there is an expectation of that you respond instantly. If that's really the case, I don't see how you could ever, ever, ever really get anything very deep or thoughtful done unless it's the middle of the night. So I'm willing to to concede that there are exceptions here, but I'm also challenging overall in my thoughts today to challenge and push against it and experiment and in a sense, see what you can get away with. Maybe the story you've made up in your mind about how fast you have to respond and how on it you have to be is totally made up. Maybe it's one of those gremlins, one of those negative voices in the back of our heads that says, you know, you're not good enough. You're not trying hard enough. You need to do more. It's never enough. You're lazy. You could have, you responded to that message in 15 minutes and you could have done it in 10. You're so lame. What's wrong with you? My friend and I occasionally jerk each other around (laughs) by sending emails with the subject line of, read this now, critical, or this email will change the course of the rest of your day. (laughs) And, or, you know, this changes everything. And then the body of the email will say, made you look, just because we're, you know, pulling each other's chains. Because again, it's my strong belief that if something is really on fire and really a problem, people will find you. Now, if you've turned off your phone, you don't have internet access, And I guess it's kind of hard to think of places in the world today where there's no internet access. But yes, if you've made yourself completely unreachable, uh, that's a problem if you need to be reached. But again, in the general course of things, say, say I didn't check my email for three hours and something important happened at work. Well, like something where someone absolutely and utterly had to reach me in a moment's notice. I would get a phone call. I would get a text. I like, and I have multiple ways of reaching me on the phone. So anyway, I just don't believe that email has to be the place where you sit around needing to be on call to respond at a moment's notice to other people's emergencies. Or maybe they're yours, but I think there's other ways. One of the things I'm pushing against here too is that I believe that we start 
in the beginning of the day, there's, you know, there's all these studies around willpower and decision-making and all that. I think there's a level of starting the day, especially, you know, after we've just woken up, there's a level of clarity. I don't know about you, but there's a level of clarity that I have first thing in the day in terms of uh, the amount of clutter and the amount of things rattling around in my brain. Uh, Although I will say Recently, I've taken up the habit of if I wake up with something rattling around in my brain, usually it's negative, not something positive or something that I'm really excited about. I've taken to the action of actually writing it down, just journaling on it briefly. It's amazing how much just that small, like five, 10 minutes sometimes, uh, you know, maybe I wake up and like, oh, I'm really dreading this thing I have to do, or I have to start this project. I have no idea where to start, or oh, I have this family situation that's just, I don't know how to solve and it's, or it's, you know, it's making me sad or whatever. Just writing it out can sometimes just take a lot of the power out of it. So this idea though, that, you know, we kind of start the day with our brains not weighed down with very much stuff. I'm finding that the more I can like push out these external things, the more productive I am, the clearer I am, the better I feel, the more centered I am, the less clutter is there. So one of the worst, absolute worst ways I found to add instant clutter is to check the news first thing. And along with this notion of, you know, responding to email and how important is it that I respond, I think it's kind of good to ask the same question about the news. So if I read the news... Is there anything in the news that I need to know right away that I can actually respond to and do something positive about? My experience is uh, 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, nothing. I can't. I can't do anything about, well, (laughs) I won't get political here. But uh, yeah, let's just say that Reading the news, I think, is a horrible way to start the day if you want to start from just kind of a place of of mental clarity and centeredness. You know, a good example of this is this morning. This is uh, Saturday morning that I'm recording this, and uh, I got out of bed, I don't know, around 5.35 or so. My email happened to be open, and while the coffee was brewing, there was a message that an extended family member that I they know a little bit, but not very well, had had died, died unexpectedly, or died unexpectedly to me. Uh, it looked like I had been left off of some previous email thread. Anyway, that sent me to all kinds of different places in my mind about mortality and all kinds of things around death and um, now just to be really clear, I'm not sitting here totally depressed about it, but it does, you know, it's kind of shaking a few things free in my mind, not free. It's, it's kind of added to the, to the mental narrative that the conversations are going on in my head that I could have very easily read about three hours from now. But even as I'm, I'm talking here, that's, it's still kind of in the back of my head. Now, again, my email program just happened to be open when I passed by my desk. And so, you know, without even thinking about it, I checked and read and immersed myself in it. 
Could I have done that later? Absolutely. To take things in a slightly different direction, sometimes I think this dopamine hit is a big ego thing. It strokes our sense of self-importance and uh, confirms our abilities and our knowledge and uh, the secret pat on the, the private pat on the back that says, oh, wow, look, I knew the answer to that. I was able to solve someone else's problem. And yet, how many times have you gotten caught up in that? And before you know it, you've solved three or four other people's problems and you haven't solved any of your own. And then, you know, all of a sudden, a couple of hours is down the drain and all you've done is respond to email. My experience is that when I have a day like that and then I try to sit down and do some deep thinking, some creative work, some deep work, if you steal from Cal Newport, it's so much harder. Um, Sometimes it feels impossible compared to those days where I've started, well, I've decided the night before, okay, these are the one or two things I'm going to work on when I get started tomorrow. Dive into those for an hour or two or 30 minutes or 10 or something before consciously turning on the email fire hose. So if there's an overall theme here, I think it's one of consciousness. Are you consciously planning your day? Are you consciously deciding what you're working on? Are you consciously deciding to respond to the email that you respond to? Or are you just mindlessly sitting down saying, what's new, what's new? And then responding away to what's new. And I ask because I do it all the time. And I'm working against it. I think that's the, 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 the first and most important step is to push against it and to be aware. An underlying thing under all this, I you know mentioned the ego, is I think a lot of times we're worried about things that are, something bad is going to happen and then it will reflect poorly on us. So I, my challenge here would, would be to see how many days, so put into Put a, start practicing with a new approach to email and see how long it takes for something, quote, really bad to happen. Sometimes I don't even think we've, we've fully defined what really bad is. It's, it's uh, oh, I'll get in trouble if I don't respond quickly enough. But what does get in trouble mean? Someone will be frustrated that they sent you an email and you didn't respond 10 minutes later? Oh, sorry. Someone sent you an email and it took you three hours to respond. And they said, hey, I needed to hear back from you right away. I'm sorry. Next time, call me. Next time, stop by my office. Some of this is training other people. In fact, I I have very specific people in my life that I can think of that I know if I send them an email, I will not hear from them for 24 hours. And sometimes that's annoying, but... They have trained me over time that I will not receive an automatic response from them. And that's okay. If I need to reach them, there are other ways to reach them. So go back to this idea of really bad, something really bad happening. Take a minute or two to to define what that would really be. What is really bad? 
what could be really real like <laughs> in other words define what really bad would be and then create a simple project plan work backwards to get to that really bad state like what would you have to do what would have to happen and how and then ask yourself like what are the chances of this really happening i hunch this if you're listening to this and you resonate with any part of the things that I talk about or interested in. You're a fairly conscientious person. I'm also making up that you have a long history of a long track record or history of delivery and getting stuff done. In other words, you've built up a ton of capital when it comes to your reputation. And that quote, missing that one big email by three hours, it's just not going to change your day or your reputation or how people think about you. So what I'm not advocating here is that you just blow off email altogether and just go days and days without checking it. Although I think we all work with people that we feel like that's kind of the situation they're in. Um, (laughs) But I don't think this message would resonate with them anyway, and that's okay. Um, So what I am advocating is you being in control of your email, not letting it control you. And maybe you start that in a simple way. So one way to approach that is first thing when you sit down the day is set a timer. My favorite thing here is a kitchen timer, something physical, not your phone, not something that's loaded with other possible ways to distract you and get you off course. So if you have a physical kitchen timer um, or a sand, I've also been experimenting with sand timers. Those are kind of fun because they're like, I got this really cool glass one off of Amazon and it's pretty to look at and it's silent. And I guess in this case, it wouldn't really, uh, <laughs> actually you want, you want the interruption. So we'll save another podcast maybe for uh, my sand timer experiment, but set a timer for 15 minutes and then go through your email. And I know it sounds silly. Really set a timer. I mean, I, I can be disciplined. Really? Nah, I'm not so sure about that. So set the timer for 15 minutes And then be all in on what you're doing and just scan your email and look for that email that is an emergency, that needs an immediate response, that, you know, needs just is super urgent that you address right in that moment. My hunch is there aren't that many of them. And maybe there are, maybe you encounter a couple of like really important things. The question I would ask yourself though is, does this have to be handled now? Could I handle this in an hour? Could I put it on my calendar to tackle this afternoon at a specific time? Could I put it on my calendar as a meeting with someone else to talk about it in real time instead of spending 45 minutes constructing the perfect email that they won't really read that could be solved in a 15-minute phone conversation. So again, what I'm advocating here is is a conscious approach with a timer to say, yeah, I'm only going to spend this much time seeing what what all the bad stuff is. I'm going to I'm going to deal with it if I can in the moment or I'm going to schedule it and then come back to it. And then I'm going to close my email and I'm going to do some work that requires deeper thought, concentration. In other words, kind of putting that best energy of the day forward to those things that are most important. And then don't check your email 
for as long as you can get away with it or as long as you can stand it. Again, maybe you want to do an experiment around this. Maybe you want to try not checking for an hour and just see what that looks like. See what happens. The key here is to run experiments and to bust the bogus notions and gremlins in our brain that believe the world will come to an end if we miss something or we aren't perfect. And if you really want to lean into that, experiment with it. What if you intentionally turn in an assignment or presentation that is 100% polished to perfection? Or what if you were to do something that was just barely good enough? Try it out. See if you can live with the tension. I promise you, you'll learn something about yourself. And as I was kind of putting out there in my assumptions earlier, you have the track record. You have the capital built up over time that says that you get the job done and that you deliver and that you are on top of the details. And so a small miss or maybe even a big one isn't going to take away your bonus, isn't going to ruin your reputation, isn't going to stop the world from spinning. And in terms of what you learn about yourself, you may learn that, oh, that 80% completed polished thing, people loved it. Okay, that other 20%, it wouldn't have got me much. Wasted time. You might learn, oh, wow, listen to all those negative voices in my head. Listen to all that worry and anxiety and, huh, where are those voices coming from? What are they based on? So I, I really believe that companies today and the success of many workers is undermined by how heavily we rely on email and how much we live in email. So if you're a leader or like a leader of a team, a manager, or maybe just a leader in general yourself, Ask yourself, you know, how can we create spaces where teams can do deep work in a culture that's immersed in IRC, instant messages, Slack, texts, social media, and a never-ending flood of email? A great book on this topic is Deep Work by Cal Newport. I can't remember if I've done any, I think I've done, mentioned this book a little bit in passing, and maybe I'll go into de- more depth in, but I, I highly recommend this book in terms of its examination of our ability to concentrate and get things done. He also has some practical ways in there for managing email, managing these interruptions and distractions that we face today. And the last tangent from this topic today is my encouragement to you would be to put your ideas and thoughts and learnings out into the world. The things that I'm sharing today are are not because I spent the last month researching and really getting clear on this topic. I'm just sharing things that I've experienced, things I've done, things I've played with, things I've talked to other people about in recent days or weeks. And um, each of us has a different perspective and different things we can learn from each other. So my encouragement to you is, If you're not putting the things that you are creating or thinking about or learning out into the world, start doing it and do it in a public way. Yeah, the internal company WordPress instance is a safe place to 
put stuff or, or maybe not. But I guess my challenge to you would be, what's a place that's not completely safe that you could put this stuff out on? Is it a, you know, is it creating your own blog, which I recommend your own, you know, your own domain, a space that you own versus a social media platform, or maybe you start small or start easy with a social media platform, but get your thoughts out there. I really believe that we are all thought leaders in, in our own right and in our own ways. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates. 